developmental optometrist, award-winning author, and international speaker, Dr. Lynn Hellerstein holds powerful and inspiring conversations with her guests on Vision Beyond Sight in areas of healthcare, wellness, education, sports, and psychology. They share their inspirational stories of healing and life transformation through their vision expansion. Billions of people have vision problems, and vision is more than 2020. Vision Beyond Sight will help you see with clarity and gain courage and confidence. Your vision does not define you, you define your vision. With Dr. Lin's new way to look at your life through a new lens, you will be ready to meet yourself and receive visualizations for miracles to come. Welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Lynn, and welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Today, visiting with us is my granddaughter, Adina. Hi. Hi, Adina. You'll quickly see Adina's power, passion, success, creativity, and her influencing abilities, even though she's just an 11-year-old sixth grader in middle school. Today, we're going to talk about how she uses visualization in her life. But first, let me tell you a little bit more about Adina. You know, being a grandmother, of course, I'm not biased. But here's what I see in a non-biased lens. Adina, who I said is a sixth grader, is always on the honor roll. She's uh, very prepared, very organized, and takes her schooling seriously. I rarely see a kiddo her age read like she reads. She loves to read. She always has one, two, three books going at a time. She's also a dancer, loves to do artwork, and her stories are phenomenal. She's an active athlete playing sports like soccer, volleyball, and becoming quite the skier. But she has a couple real gifts. One is playing cards and how she loves to beat the entire family at card games like Scrooge, which is a fast uh, game like solitaire against each other. Another gift is baking, and we'll get to the baking in just a minute. But I describe her as being so responsible, accountable, funny, brilliant, just like her grandmother, and an explorer of life. So Adina, welcome to Vision Beyond Sight. Thank you. So, so our listeners might wonder, why did I ask an 11-year-old to do an interview for this podcast? You know, most people think they don't even know what visualization is, much less why would an 11-year-old know something about it? <laughs> so tell me what you know about visualization, then we'll get into, you know, how you use it. Um, really, visualization is just making a picture in your mind of something, either memorizing something, just seeing something, like when you're reading a book, seeing the words come to life. It can be different for everyone, but it's just an image you create in your mind. And, you know, if folks have read my books, it actually starts with people understanding the image, but then it goes on beyond just the seeing part. It includes the feeling, touching, tasting. Um, awareness. It's kind of a multi-sensory approach to to learning. Um, Share with us a little bit about what you read and how visualization, how you really notice you're visualizing when you're reading. 
Um, well, when I was younger, I started reading Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series. And before I even, I read this before I even knew the movies were out. But whenever I read it, I would always, in my mind, there would be like a movie going on as I would read the book. So I'd always read the books and be like, wow, that was such a great movie. But I'm like, wait, no, sorry, it's just the books. So I like reading stuff that's like fantasy, I guess. Um, I'm not a huge nonfiction because, I mean, nonfiction is great because it provides you all this knowledge, but it doesn't necessarily provide you the opportunity to like be creative and go beyond mm-hmm. necessarily um, the words on the page. So Adina, what's so interesting, what you talked about reading and being like in a movie, when I lecture, give lectures to educators, especially reading teachers, we talk about comprehension and they always have questions. What do they do when their students don't comprehend? And that opens the conversation for visualization. And you have so beautifully described what great readers experience when they read. They don't really see the words on the page. They're into the movie, the picture going beyond. And, and great readers often say, like you did, I want to read the book, not watch the movie. And then maybe watch the movie later. So what a beautiful description. So let's share how early in your life you remember that we've worked on visualization together. Um, Definitely a while. I would say probably the most vivid memory was when I was seven or eight. Uh Um, But I had to get some of my teeth pulled because of overcrowding, yada, yada, yada. Um, And I was really nervous because any kid my age would be nervous to get teeth pulled out. And um, what my grandma helped me do was we visualized this land called like Frappuccino land, like the Starbucks drink Frappuccinos. Because at the time I was obsessed with Starbucks and I still quite frankly am today, but it was more of like um, an obsession. So we made this whole land, we visualized everything, every little detail, what it looked like, what it sounded like, even what it tasted like. And then when I got my teeth pulled, I basically visualized that land like I was in that land. And it honestly helped me get through it. And I didn't even feel a thing. Yeah, it was so great. You went from being so anxious and stressed and like you could see, we could see your body and you were tight, and you were crying to give you a tool that you could go to a place where you were very safe, a place that you wanted to be at, a place that you at that time thought was fun. Um, Your whole demeanor changed, your emotions changed, and it gave you the power then to go to the dentist because you could hardly wait to go to Frappuccino land. Yeah. And that's what you visualize. And, uh, and then when we were done with the dentist, where did you go? To celebrate, I end up going to Starbucks and I did end up getting a frappuccino, but I forgot I couldn't drink with the straw because there was a gap in my mouth. That is so, so I'm funny. like, Well, I guess we'll have to save this for later. Well, and I guess full disclosure this is we have no connection to Starbucks except that we're a frequent visitor of Starbucks. So, I remember even earlier events with you. So, you remember the seven year old when you were like two and three years old you used to have nightmares, or your mom did actually, you used to have nightmares. And she'd wake me up in the middle of the night and she was so scared. And I wasn't really great at getting up in the middle of the night. And it's like, how do we take care of her scared nightmares and put her back to bed? 
So at the age of three or four years old, we started doing little balloon trips. And one time we decided to talk about these scary goblins that she always said she had in her dreams. And what we did was pretend like she took the goblins out of her head and put it in front of her. And then she dressed them up really funny and squished them down. And they became like funny little, funny little objects that you could play with and get rid of. And just by reducing the size, identifying, dressing them up in funny clothes. And this is all, you know, age appropriate. Three and four year olds talk about those things all the time. It really took away a lot of the fear. And if I recall correctly, I don't think she woke me up again with a scary nightmare after that. <laughs> but she'll have to tell you about the whole story of how she used to dress up these uh, goblins. Wow. Yep, yep. So one of your passions that you mentioned, that I mentioned, was in baking. Not only are you the real baker of the family, along with your mother, but how have you used bacon, <laughs> baking to raise money for nonprofits like Sakatuum Campaign? Um, so for Sakatuum Campaign, they had um, an auction and I participated in the auction um, offering each month, I would bake a dozen different desserts for someone. Um, and that's really cool because not only it gives me an activity, but it helps raise money for a nonprofit uh, cause. And your auction item of baking for six months is the second, second or third highest bidded auction item. It goes like crazy. So tell our listeners some of the great things you baked for last year's winner. Um, well, it was really fun. I got to try to make macaroons. Um, I made a carrot cake. And I think carrot cake is always really good. Um, for the first time, I tried making blondies instead of brownies. Um, what about croissants? Didn't you make croissants? Yeah, I did way? end up for the first time making a croissant. It took yeah. a while because there's lots and lots of layers. But in the end, it was really fun and it turned out amazing. Um, I made a blueberry cake for 4th of July. Yeah. Red so white talk, talk about creativity. Where do you get all these ideas from? Um, I would say a lot of my ideas come from like, you see online, they're like, Oh, did you know you can make, um, like blueberry cake? And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool. And then I kind of take my own spin on it and make the blueberry cake and kind of combine all the ideas like, Ooh, what if we put an American flag on it for 4th of July? But what if instead of using frosting, we put fruit on the flag or, or sprinkles or chocolate, who knows? Um, just to make things different. And that usually comes from whatever is in the kitchen at that time, but. <laughs> Those yeah. are wonderful ideas. And again, this is your creativity showing through, through and really what your artwork is, is the baking goods. And yeah. there's times that I'm even blessed that I get to taste them where you make gluten-free bakery goods as well. Wow. <laughs> wow, right. So if you were to take just a moment here, Dina, and close your eyes for a second and just allow yourself to go to a place where you're really safe and strong and powerful, and you have the power to create what you want to be as you get older in your life, what pops up for you? Um, 
I think for me, most people would be like, oh yeah, I love the beach, but mm, I'm not really a beach type person. So definitely for me, my mind went straight to mountains and stuff and sunsets. Because for me, those are like my top two calming things because I just really like the mountains. I think they're amazing. They have so many uses, like you can go skiing, you can go hiking. So So that's your go-to relaxation place, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So for the listeners, know that just in the moment, you can find your own go-to relaxation place where you're safe, you're powerful, you're strong. And from that point, you can create, you can practice uh, for your sport in your mind, you could do your homework, you could have a conversation, but going to that safe place puts you a place in your body and your mind of creativity and relaxation, which even with your little kids that are toddlers is powerful. I mean, with little toddlers, you can actually have them pretend like they're blowing out birthday candles or balloons, um, just to expanding the balloon and just the breathing relaxation can really calm the kid's system down so that you can then either talk to them or do whatever it is you need to do. So Dina, what comes to mind as you picture yourself growing up of what you think you're going to want to do or be as you become an adult? Um, I know like if someone asked me what would be my dream job, I would always say I wanted to be a lawyer because best of both worlds, specifically and like, I don't know what they're called, but like car crash lawyers or something like that for a few reasons. The first is I love problem solving and trying to work my way around stuff, but I never really wanted to be a detective because... Um, but then I was also really interested in like human science, like neurology and stuff like that. And I'm like, but I really don't want to just be a science in a lab finding cures for brain diseases all day. And I think being a lawyer for like some medical stuff is for me, best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, everyone's like, you really want to be a lawyer. Are you sure your parents didn't make you be a lawyer? Cause they're like, you're sometimes parents are like, Oh, you gotta be a lawyer. I'm like, Nope. I actually really want to be a lawyer. And for the longest time, I really did want to. Um, I didn't want to be the president of the United States, but I'm like, maybe I'll just stick with lawyer for now. Well, you have such high aspirations. And the way I see you, Adina, is that you can be whatever you create yourself to be. And you are one who creates all the time, comes up with new ideas, Um any comments you have for leadership, especially for, you know, young kids, middle school kids, um, any thoughts that you could share with uh, our audience on that? Um, just really my number one thing that I'm currently working on and have been is even though you're a leader, you still have to know how to be a follower because it's very important, yes, for leaders to be leaders, but by being a leader, you also know how have to know how to listen to other people's ideas and how to incorporate everything, but also respect that there are other leaders out there. So let them also have a time to shine, to be their leader that they want to be. That's really profound because too often people think leaders are the boss who make all the decisions and tell you what to do. And much of the literature and the research now is showing the importance of listening as a leader because the people you're leading have wonderful ideas. And 
if you, you know, it's like one plus one equals three, it goes beyond just one or two thoughts. When we really have community and we listen to each other, that is where you build a leadership team. And boy, I see you are on your way to doing that. Thank you. You are welcome. Anything else you'd like to share with the listeners before we uh, close for today? Um, I would say it's also important, of course, listening, but just when you're talking, make sure like if you're talking, like make it respectful and kind, because that's the other thing about being a leader is talking to other people. So if you're talking in a rude, disrespectful way, they're going to be like, no way, we don't want you here. But if you're talking in a warm, welcoming way, then more and more people are going to want to not follow you, but respect you. It is really about building communication and respect and relationships, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anything else? You have some great insights. (laughs) Well, I have one last question for you, Dina. Mm -hmm. If you had a pair of magic glasses that you could see your world through the lens of clarity, courage, and confidence, what would your world look like? I mean... I think my world would probably look like everyone was nice to each other, as in not because you feel confident about yourself that you can make other people around you just as confident by giving them compliments, by just being nice to them. Um, That's probably what I would see. And how would you feel living in a world where people are nice to each other and confident and, and respectful? How would that, that would be, be amazing, honestly. That it would be, be the coolest world. I love that world and it touches my heart too. Well, Adina, I thank you for your inspiration and words of wisdom. It is always my honor, truly my honor, a gift to be with you, whether we're having dinner, we're on an adventure, we're on a hike, we're shopping, we're laughing. It's just truly, truly a gift for me. And I thank you for sharing this. So thanks to everyone for joining us today. And remember that your vision doesn't define you. You define your vision. And consider expanding your vision, see with clarity, gain courage and confidence. So thanks for joining us and bye-bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Vision Beyond Sight. Join Dr. Lynn Hellerstein each week to help you find clarity in your functional vision and expand the power of your seeing brain to gain courage, confidence, and success in your life. Remember, your vision does not define you. You define your vision. For more information and find additional podcasts, visit lynnhellerstein.com. See you next time on Vision Beyond Sight.